ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility. And from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, you Break iFix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit youbreakifix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break iFix. Oh, motherfucker, you can't have my cornbread. That's for damn sure. Because if you try to take my cornbread, part two of my killing spree going to begin up in here on your ass right now. If you think about my cornbread, they get the taste out your mouth. That's for damn sure. Now, fuck him. Fuck this. Because I'm from New York City, goddammit. Nobody take no cornbread from me. What's going on, family? It's your boy Trey Frazier, Maestro Styles, here with the Barbershop yep. Sports Talk Podcast. Uh, make sure y'all follow us on our social media on Instagram at Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast and also on Twitter at Barbershop SPOR2. Um, we got a special guest in the building. Um, she's a Carolina Panthers beat writer. Uh, her name is Sheena Quick. Uh, Sheena, welcome to the show. We appreciate you uh, joining us for a few minutes. How's everything going? Everything is good. Thank you guys for having me. No problem. No problem. So I, I want to get started with this and we'll get to some Panthers talk in a minute. But mm -hmm. I remember a few weeks ago you had tweeted out that there was a mystery team that was involved or or still interested in Deshaun Watson, despite all of the allegations that he's been going through up to this point. Um, so my thing is, is this and I'll you know start off with the question. Um, I'm of the mindset that Jalen Hurts for the Eagles is the starter. He should be, you know, moving forward is a reason why they drafted him in the second round. Um, in your opinion, why do you think the Eagles was aside from it being Deshaun Watson, he's a top five quarterback. Um, why do you think the Eagles are still somewhat interested in Deshaun Watson, despite the allegations that are going on? I mean, just what you said, you feel like he's a top five quarterback. They feel like they have a lot of draft capital as, as far as assets, future picks. And Jalen Hurts, 
is going to be phenomenal, phenomenal in his own time. And I think that that's very attractive trade offer for Houston. It's not going to cost them a lot because Jalen Hurts is still on his rookie deal. So it makes sense when you kind of put all those different pieces together. I know that a lot of times people, especially fans and like media, they feel like a team is married to a quarterback because of where they drafted them. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes that's not. Because when they drafted Jalen Hurts, Deshaun Watson hadn't publicly said he wanted to be traded. So I don't think you can omit the idea or the fact that he is Deshaun Watson. That is expressly, unexplicably why they are willing to trade trade Jalen Hurts. Just because it's Deshaun, you just cannot omit that factor and say, well, besides being Deshaun, you can't. You can't because you don't know what they would have been willing to give up for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is on the move. But aside from him, that's that's the huge factor that you can't omit when discussing why the Eagles would want to trade Jalen Hurts. I think you have to look at it as not so not so much as why they want to trade Jalen Hurts, but more so why they want Deshaun Watson. I think that Jalen Hurts is just a piece of collateral in this entire situation. And I hate to phrase that phrase it that way or, you know, refer to a human as collateral. But we're talking about trade assets. And when you think about it, that's a very attractive deal for Houston. You're trying to build your team up. You need those hella draft picks. This has been a dumpster fire mm-hmm. in Houston for, for the last yeah, couple of seasons. Fact. So you, yeah. you need those. That's very attractive to you. You get a quarterback for cheap that could end up being your franchise quarterback. Um, you get rid of Deshaun and whatever potential problems he could possibly pose in the legal in the legal aspect. We haven't really heard much about that since the, the names of the accusers were made public. But um, if you're Houston, I don't see how you don't make the deal. You have a disgruntled quarterback that does not want to be there. You can mold Jalen Hurts to be exactly who you need him to be. And you can draft up your team to be a contender. If if the rumor, you know, trades or the rumor future picks are, you know, in fact, true. And that's what Philly is willing to deal. It's a no brainer for Houston for me from where I sit, but I don't cover Houston. I'm just telling you guys what I see <laughs> from the outside yeah. looking in. Like, why not get a quarterback that you can groom to be your franchise quarterback? You can get them cheap and you get hella picks. So, And the add, and add more than that. Yeah, and the add more than that. I mean, it's a win for Philly. Damn all it's that. It's a win a for win. Philly. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. definitely a win for Philly because, you know, win loses the draw. He's Deshaun Watson. Yeah. He's the Sean Watson. Yeah. You've added Devontae Smith. Absolutely. I guess my thing is, is that the Eagles came out and was like, yo, Jalen Hurst is our starter. You know, and, and I get That's that. what they supposed to say. I know, so I know, Panthers, I know. That being said, when we landed, <laughs> this is right pre-COVID, when we landed in Indianapolis in 2020 for the combine, we landed to the news that the Panthers were saying that Cam Newton was their guy. Mm-hmm. Less than a month later, yeah, he wasn't, yeah, good wasn't even good on point. the roster anymore. So people are going to say well, they're supposed to say he's their starter and he's their quarterback, and you know they're throwing all the eggs in that basket. That's that, that's what you're supposed to do. It's your starting quarterback. I mean, and we're going to kind of get into that a little bit later as far as the Panthers and how they have handled quarterbacks. But hmm. you're, you're yeah, absolutely supposed to publicly, even if y'all are squabbling in private. In public, it's a united front. That's your quarterback until he's not. So I wouldn't really mm. place too much emphasis on that because we see a lot of teams say one thing and do the complete opposite sometimes hours later. So Yeah. And getting to yeah, the Panthers quarterback situation, right? 
Um, why do you feel like they decided to move on from Teddy Bridgewater? Because I thought Teddy Bridgewater did a pretty good job, you know, despite the injury to Christian McCaffrey, uh, the defense wasn't all that great. They were in a lot of games last year. I mean, I remember the Kansas City game. They could have won that game. The opener against the Raiders, they could have won that game. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why do you think they decided to pull the trigger on Teddy? Teddy didn't fit into what the Panthers needed to him to fit into from the beginning. At the end of the day, you know, like you said, he didn't he didn't have a horrible season. Because when you look at stats, we look at personal stats. And I know the quarterback gets a lot of the heat for wins and losses. But at the end of the day, there's 10 other offensive players on the field with him. There's 11 offensive players on the defensive side of the ball. So it's a team effort. It's it's easy to attribute those wins and losses to the quarterback. When things are going great, quarterback gets the praise. When they're going bad, quarterback gets the blame. And that just comes with the position. But like you said, and I've been hammering this home to Panthers fans for the longest. I don't understand why they were so irate. with Teddy Bridgewater's performance because Teddy did what he's, what he's always done. You know, he didn't, you know, he didn't bait and switch him. He didn't say, Oh, you know, he didn't come into these lofty expectations. He's going to have, you know, a 30, 40, 50 touchdown season. His season, his career high was 14. He got, he got you 15 last year. Yeah. You know, he had the most passing yards in his entire career, but again, he's playing within the realm of who Teddy Bridgewater is and, in Minnesota, a lot of different pieces around him were put into place. So, again, you look at those win-loss tones, you're like, oh, he was balling in Minnesota. He was doing what he did last year for the Panthers. It just wasn't enough, and it wasn't enough to overcome the youth of that team last year. And I thought that that was a really, really tall order to task him with, even though Cam Newton went out injured. Those were huge shoes to fill, huge shoes to fill. So he came in behind the eight ball. He came in not being as, you know, he didn't have a reputation for being mobile like Cam and and getting you the rushing yards that Cam Newton would get you you or, you know, throwing on the screen. He he didn't have that level of athleticism that Panthers fans had grown accustomed to pre-Cam Newton injury. But Teddy Bridgewater was Teddy Bridgewater. And you can't really hold that against him. I hope he has an, an amazing career, you know, in Denver. Because it is very impressive what he was able to, you know, bounce back from injury wise. A lot of people that yeah. end their career is very impressive. But I think the Panthers fans, their expectations were a little too high just because, you know, Cam was out the door. And unfairly to Teddy, people are going to always tie those two together because they gave Cam Newton permission to, to seek a trade and then sign Teddy Bridgewater either later that day or the next day. So those two are going to be tied together and compared. Anyway, even though they're two entirely different types of quarterbacks, but that was just unfortunate for Teddy. He walked into a very tough situation, new coaches, you know, all only, only rookies were drafted, you know, in the, um, in the draft and all, I'm not saying, well, of course, only rookies were drafted in the draft, but only <laughs> defensive players, mm-hmm. y'all know what I meant. Only defensive <laughs> players were, were um, added in the draft. You have the injury to Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers still hadn't addressed their O-line disparities. So there's a right. lot of factors that factor into how people perceive Teddy Bridgewater's time to have been in Carolina. But I've said it time and time again, Teddy Bridgewater was Teddy Bridgewater. He was, in, I, in my opinion, expected to kind of be a bridge quarterback until they found or drafted their, their, um, their forever quarterback. That's why it was a little vexing that they traded for Sam Donald when they yeah. I was just about to ask you. Yeah. I was just about to ask you. Did they? Do you think they gave yeah, up too much? Yeah, man. Do I think what? Do you think that they gave up too much for Sam Darnold? <laughs> I 
They shouldn't have got Sam man, Donald. Man, what? <laughs> they left you speechless, huh? <laughs> no, it's just that they were literally looking at upside when it comes to Sam Darnold. And I feel like Matt Rule is on the hot seat if Sam Darnold does not succeed because that's two quarterback trades in two years that did not go well. But to add insult to injury, if Justin Fields balls out in Chicago, mm-hmm. yeah. David Tepper, I don't feel like David Tepper's going to be all that, all that happy. Um, and I will say this, but the disclaimer, guys, is of course, you know, they're not in pads yet. They're not hitting. They're not touching. I have not been impressed by Sam Darnold in OTAs or minicamp. Too many tip passes at the line, a couple of interceptions, throwing into, you know, tight coverage. And um, but those are timing things that can be fixed. That's what they go to training camp for. And we won't be able to really assess where he is until people are in pads. And you can really see if that O-line is going to give him the protection that he needs. Because right now in OTAs, they, they aren't. So that's just OK, my, can I backtrack for it? Can I backtrack for a second? So you said, um, so I, I guess I, I guess this is my conspiracy theory, and you could tell me I'm dead wrong, and, I, and I'd accept it. Um, so they bring in, so they get rid of Cam Newton and bring in um, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy B. So do you think that, and obviously you're closer to it than I am, do you think they brought in token black quarterback to, to kind of keep fans interested because – Black quarterbacks uh, stereotypically can run, and uh, they're a little more exciting per se. Stereotypically, do you think that they bought in Teddy Bridgewater because of that token experience? Because they knew what was going to happen with Cam Newton, or they had uh, they they read the tea leaves of what was going to happen uh, with Cam Newton? No, I don't. I don't think race played a factor um, because, like you said, you said the stereotype the stereotype is that they're exciting, they're electrifying. Teddy Bridgewater is safe. He's a safe quarterback. He He's, you know, not going to take too many risks. Um, I mean, at the times that he did, it was catastrophic. I know everybody remembers that Green Bay game where he tried to bloop yeah. bloop yeah. and yeah. he fumbled yeah. and that yeah. just changed the whole trajectory of that game. Yeah. They should have won that one too. But um, no, I don't. I don't think the race um, really played a factor. I think it was more so his ties to Joe Brady. Um, the mm-hmm. fact that they had worked together um, in New Orleans. So I think that was more so a factor in the decision way more than, you know, being a token black quarterback. Because, again, athletically, they're very different. Socially, Cam Newton and Teddy Bridgewater are very different. Now, Cam, for the large part of his career, he's always been politically correct when it comes to race issues. Teddy Bridgewater, although he's not outspoken and as um, as much as an extrovert as Cam was, you knew where he stood on social issues and he did not back down. So it was just two entirely different personalities. The media loved Teddy Bridgewater and Charlotte media. As I've said time and time again, there's people in parts of Charlotte media that I felt just didn't like Cam Newton. I mean, they were still talking about him (laughs) this season, even though he's in new England. So I think that Teddy Bridgewater was safer than, Mm -hmm. than Cam Newton in terms of like the personality wise, because not for nothing, when Fitzpatrick, you remember when Fitzpatrick wore um, um, Deshaun's, Deshaun's, um, his drip, post-game drip, and everybody was like, oh, my yes. God, it's yes. so cool. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton gets criticized for dressing how he wants to dress. Like, there is definitely a different set of standards when it comes to black quarterbacks versus white quarterbacks. Because as the face of your franchise, they feel like you're supposed to fit into a certain mold. Cam Newton did not do that. 
You know, right. he started growing his dreads. Oh, yep. he, he's this, he's that. He started growing his dreads. He is unapologetically himself. He's gonna wear what he wants to wear. If he scores, he's in your face. You know, he, he had, he's cocky with it, but he was backing it up for a large part of his career. So yeah. there's just two totally different players and men. Not to not a knock on either one, but they're just two totally different personalities to the point where I don't think that Teddy could slide in as a token because he was com- other than race, he's completely different from Cam Newton. Completely it's interesting different. you say that about uh, Teddy Bridgewater because I never heard him say anything. So it, it's interesting that you uh, you have that perspective, obviously from uh, yeah. you know covering him. But I I don't know what his stance is on anything. So you, oh, he's you very just gave me black. Game. He's very very yeah. Black Lives Matter. Um, he doesn't. He's not rah rah in your face with it, but he doesn't run from yeah. the question. The question is going to be asked. Right. He doesn't run from the question. He doesn't run from the issue. He does not separate himself from other black people because he's an athlete. And not to, not to say that Cam does. Yeah, not sure, to sure, say sure. that Cam does. I'm just saying that these are the things that I witnessed from Teddy more so from instead of like an anti-Cam Newton stance. And that's what how the Charlotte media played it a lot. They were, oh, Teddy's a team first guy, you know, unlike Cam who needed attention. Like there were so many digs continued to be taken to Cam Newton, mm-hmm. even though yeah. he was minding his business. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's that. I would never tell Cam Newton to not be who he is, but I mean, I'm sure he know at this stage of his life that that's what come with it. But yeah. I mean, I think so because he catches slander from everywhere. And I don't think you've ever really seen Cam Newton take a shot back. People don't ever talk about that. Mm-hmm. But he yeah. doesn't, you know, you've never really seen him take a shot back. He's still getting dogged for being emotional and walking out of the Super Bowl, the post Super Bowl presser, when he had just lost the yeah. biggest game of his life. Right. So, you know, again, there's just such a super short leash on black quarterbacks athletically and personally in the media. And it just, it is what it is. It's unfair. I hope that as we, as we start to see more black faces in the front offices and on the sidelines, hopefully that's a narrative that can change because it's definitely a top-down approach. If you think about it, how many black offensive coordinators are there? Not a lot. There's two. Mm-hmm. Not There's a two. lot. <laughs> one of them, one of them, won the Super Bowl and was still mistaken for the defensive still, quarterback, the defensive exactly. Sport, yep. um, exactly. coordinator. Even though he was, you know, Byron Leftwich had an awesome, right? Career. Like he had a career, notable career. Yeah, 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 for you sure. Know what I'm he had notable from the career, area. But, but until you get, you know, black offensive coordinators, that's when you're going to see more black quarterbacks and you know just a different um, acceptance because it's definitely top down. I mean, and even with, with, with the black coordinators, I know we're not talking about this particularly, but that's why mm-hmm. you don't see a ton of black head coaches, because often that career path is offensive coordinator to head coach, because everybody's talking about the brilliant offensive minds. Hell, yeah. Joe Brady was getting head coaching interviews. And, and Sheena, this is one of the reasons why, and we talk about this on the podcast a lot, I'm looking for black ownership in the NFL in terms of owning a franchise. And I understand that there's not a lot of us that have the bag to really go get a franchise. It's going to take a group of people to form a, 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 a an investment team to do so. But I, that just, was, they tried to. Yeah, I'm waiting that, for they, that they day. Tr- I'm waiting for that they, day. They tried to when it came to the Panthers, but again, like you said, you got to pay. You got to be able to pay to play, but you also have to be approved. Be inducted into the boys' club. Yep. You have to be you have to be approved. Like, of course, you know, everybody saw the particulars of when David Tepper brought the team, but it wasn't until the league spring 
um, meetings that he got the confirmation that, oh, okay, you know, they voted to approve his purchase. So again, it's a top-down thing, man. And I know we were talking about Teddy and talking about talking about black mm-hmm. quarterbacks, but that, that all just goes hand in hand. It all you know, goes until, hand in hand, yeah. Until I, you I see that top-down, you're going to continue to see people talk trash and and demean black quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, for what you said, Deshaun Watson's one of the top five quarterbacks in the league, and he's very knowledgeable. He can read coverages in an instant. He's very knowledgeable, mm-hmm. but that didn't stop a Houston superintendent from talking trash about black quarterbacks and their um their ineptitude to learn like he forgot that he yeah. even posted it right so what was it it was saying like if you want such and such then don't get a black quarterback like if you want intelligence or something like that right don't get right. a black i, I mm. forget the exact quote i put it in my revolt yeah. article shameless plug there but definitely no. um, check out the shameless plug all over you we here <laughs> for that shameless plug all over the joint yeah I did a story called The Plight of the Black Quarterback where it delved into, you know, things like the Rooney Rule, things like, you know, lack of melanin when it comes to these um, these head coaching and these offensive coordinator positions and how that has affected black quarterbacks. And I mean, people and honestly, I think that people can say, oh, you know, no, nah, no, nah, that's not true, because, you know, you had lack was, was 2020, 2020, you had Lamar Jackson as the MVP. You had Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. as the Super Bowl MVP. And then you had Kyler Murray as rookie of the year. That's three black quarterbacks, but that still yeah. doesn't mean that that reputation has been disproven yet. Mm-hmm. No, not yet. And we got, and we got years, years to gotta, go before. Right. Because yeah. we didn't get here in th- two, three years. So we're not going to get out of it in two to three years, right. but mm-hmm. definitely, definitely need to see, more black faces on the sidelines instead of just like yeah. being a sense of defensive backs or you know defensive court like they need to be in line for these head running coaches. back coaches yeah and and yeah, Sheena they need, they need I say this a lot Sheena but Jameis Winston led the league in passing the year the, his final year in Tampa and he ends up getting a one year one million dollar deal the backup Drew Brees like like that's that just seems crazy to me. More I know so why than they... him getting the one year to back up Drew Brees, I'm more offended by the fact that they started Taysom Hill over him. Yeah, facts. Mm-hmm. And Drew Brees' absence, mm-hmm. because what? Mm-hmm. Facts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. the disrespect. Yeah. yeah, It was absolute disrespect, I, but I don't know if you guys are planning on talking about the NFC South, but I think that Jameis is going to have a yeah. breakout year in New Orleans under Sean Payton. I think so, I too. Do. I think so, too. I hope you're right. That's, that's, a, that's a team to watch out for. They got it's definitely around. a team to watch out for, for sure. Um, they get Michael Thomas back healthy. They have Alvin Kamara. You know, then they do have Taysom Hill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, but he, he just don't he need to quarterback. Yeah, yeah. He's a gimmick quarterback. He needs to come in for trick plays the way he's been doing. Like, stay in your right. right. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he's getting paid handsomely. You talk about Jameis's contract and then you talk about Taysom's. Yeah. Uh, well, they tried to report that as a, a a fake contract, but who knows what the hell's going on behind the scenes? Hey, yeah, <laughs> I like Shawty energy. I ain't gonna lie to you. Hey, can we get back to Carolina? Because I want to. I, I want you to tell me about um, why we why we digging into uh, the black versus white quarterback play. Can you tell me how you think uh, Sam Donald is going to do, and our and is Carolina fans going to miss? Teddy Bridgewater uh, soon. Well, I can start by saying I don't think they're going to miss Teddy. Okay. Um, that was a bad breakup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not going to miss Teddy. Um, they may get to 500, but at the end of the day, is that enough? 
you know, Sam Donald. Not when you got Tom Brady in the division. It's not going to be enough when you have Tom Brady. And for what it is, for what it's worth, you got Jameis Winston. You have Matt Ryan. Of course, you know, the Falcons are always going to Falcon. That's just how it is. That's a fact. But Matt Ryan's going to get his yards. He's going to get his yardage. Like that—that's one thing he's going to do. He's going to get off on that yardage. He's going to—he's going to get his stats. It might not translate into a Mm, win. Julio going. He's going to. He might not get it this year. Kyle Pitts. Enter Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley. Everything, all good things must come to an end. That's Mm. true. Football is a slow churn. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. (laughs) Yeah, word. So um I went I went briefly uh Twitter and IG digging when when we um heard that you that we had the interview. I just went briefly. I ain't I ain't go too crazy. Um but I but I noticed the constant theme of track. <laughs> um so I would have to assume that you ran track at some days some day I in did. your life. Tell me about it a little bit. Many moons ago, many moons ago, but I ran track mm-hmm. at NC State and Florida State. So yeah, okay. I, I used to be a sprinter back in the day. I, I yeah, I don't even I don't run anything but my mouth these days. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I run nothing I like but my mouth these days. But you know, I get my my feel of track from my boys. They're because they're you know coming into their own and they're competing in AAU track. So I still get my track fix from 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 watching them. That's what's up. That's what's up. And then we got uh I'm about to mess Shorty first name up, uh Miss Richardson, who is uh who is Shakari. She's dominating right now. Uh going to Tokyo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, how you feeling about that? Tell me what's going on. Cause I'm gonna tell you one I thing. It. I seen Shorty had she still had the the wig in, looking 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 fire, nails like Shorty doing it, doing it. I love her. I love her energy. I feel like, you know, of course, you know, track, track and field. We've had Allison Felix for five. This is her fifth Olympics coming up, you know, mm-hmm. phenomenal talent. Shakari Richardson is a breath of fresh air that I feel like you haven't really seen that kind of vibrato in American sprint since like Maurice Green. Wow. Um, Flojo. Of course, mm-hmm. you're going to see the Flojo comparisons with the hair and the nails. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sis is fly. Sis is fly. Okay. She's, She's not playing yeah. with y'all. I love that she's unapologetically herself. I mean, she took a couple knocks, but, you know, she'll get back going into a back and forth with people on Twitter. But, and, you know, we get, you get the old heads that are like, oh, she needs to be humble, but she's not focused. You can be focused and still tell people that they got you effed up. It's yeah, that's a fact. And she's walking the talk. She's walking the walk. I love everything about Shakari Richardson. I love that she is unapologetically herself. I hope she does amazing in Tokyo. Honestly, in my opinion, that's her race to lose. You know, the mm-hmm. Jamaicans are going to come with it. I love Shelly and Fraser Price. Mm-hmm. They're going to come with it. I think before she carried, she was my number one. But yeah. I got to go with the home team. I, I, she's ama- doing amazing to only be 21 years old. Lost her mom, her biological mother, a week ago. And still went yeah. out there and crushed it like that. I, I love everything about it. I love that she's pointing at the clock. She's cheering before she finishes the race so we don't even know how fast this woman can go she went 1065 like pointing at the clock the last 20 meters or so so yeah right 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 the real record if i'm not mistaken is still held by flojo at 1049 so that could be in jeopardy and i think she is the person that's best in place to you know obliterate that so i'm i'm definitely team shikari all the way mm, no doubt no mm. doubt did i did i miss something sheena are you of jamaican descent no, I'm not. Oh, okay. When you when you said, you know, she's going to bring it home, oh, yeah. I thought you were saying that she's from oh. your 
hometown. Or no, 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 like no, 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 no. Oh, okay, no. okay. I'm from North Carolina. Oh, okay. I'm from, right. from High Point. Okay, okay. Home of right. North Carolina in the building. Like I said, home of Fantasia. That, that's our Oh, say that, now. say that then. Say that then. <laughs> no, I'm from North Carolina, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely rooting for Shakari in, in Tokyo for real. No doubt, mm. no doubt. Mm. Hey, Sheena, um, why don't you go ahead and let the listeners know where they can find you on social media and some of your other platforms. I know you're on radio also, and you do have a, yeah. a uh, blog on revolt.tv. Is that right? Well, I have a, um, a sports column, a bi-weekly sports column, and it's called The Halftime Report, and I just kind of write about everything. Okay. There's a, I just did a story on tra- transgender rights in sports. And it's such a sticky topic. I'm like, man, don't y'all cancel me. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I would have read that before we came on because I'm for the smoke. I ain't that famous yet. I ain't got nothing to lose. <laughs> it hasn't been published yet. It'll come out soon. But it just examines okay, both bet. sides of the argument. It should it should probably publish between tomorrow, today and tomorrow. But it, right, it, 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 you know, equally looks at both sides of the argument. Like you can't. Inclusiveness can't come at the expense of fairness for the other group in my opinion mm-hmm. that's why it's such yeah. a such a really really tight woven line between you know it being fair for this is another term cisgendered women that means mm-hmm. women that ad- identify with the gender that they were assigned at birth yep. and transgender yep. women we don't the yep. bills that there's like about 34 to 35 roughly 34 35 bills right now trying to ban or prohibit or limit transgender women's participating transgender women participating in female sports just because it gives them an unfair advantage because they do still have the levels of testosterone um the levels that we're really seeing it at are middle school and high school is where the legislation is kind of aimed at and most times Mm -hmm. transgender women have not gone through any type of transition so they still have normal male levels of testosterone in their body which helps them to of course build muscle mass and recover faster so they can train harder right. they can train more often and it's it you know it unevens the, the, the plan yeah, uh, yeah 100%. You know, the, the 100%. NCAA the NCAA is offering the you know they have to take testosterone testosterone suppression pills or, or some other way of suppressing the testosterone for a year that's what the NCAA is proposing but how do you even get looked at by the NCAA if transgender males that still have testosterone are whooping your ass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? that's a fact. That's so a fucking fact. There's sides to those arguments. You never want anybody to be left out. Of course, you know, equality for all. There's so many different sticky parts and, 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 and you know, components of it that it's going to be hard to kind of navigate. But I do see that people are committed to trying to be to you know get close to appeasing both parties i don't know when it's going to happen how soon it's going to happen or if it's even possible but i do know that there is legislation in place as, as well as groups that are trying to find a happy medium so that yeah, was my latest i don't know <laughs> yeah i don't know that there's going to be a happy medium i think uh, it's, it's, it's going to be very difficult to achieve it is yeah i, I think people are going to have to some people are just going to have to be mad and but in time heals all wounds because um, and, 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 you know, not the, and I already see the remaining meeting time. I already, I already know, but, um, <laughs> what yeah. I'll say to that is, I, I you right, you right. But, but what I'll say, time. cause you know me, cause I'll, I, I'll start the rambling and next thing you know, we'd be 25 I did too, because but... I was supposed to be telling y'all how I felt about the Panthers' upcoming season. I didn't talk to y'all about everything else. Hey, no, it's Man, all good. Listen. It's all good. We appreciate it. 
No, yeah, no, fan. That's fan. I, I I appreciate the organic conversation more than the scheduled conversation. So, uh, yeah. I, so that's where I'm at with it. But um, the thing is, is that with this all this unfair advantage, um, unfortunately, uh, not unfortunately, uh, I guess the the rose that might grow from it is is that, for instance, if I'm if I'm to use the WNBA as an example, um, not a lot of people are viewing it, even though it's like getting better, it's like really at an all time high right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, God forbid. And I don't really mean God forbid, but let's say a LeBron James talent decides gets into the WNBA. So in other words, right, right. Imagine if that happens, and then now you know when you get that type of uh, talent into the WNBA, now all of a sudden people are, are watching the WNBA because Joanna Man is jump is jumping from jumping out the gym, and now nobody has to complain anymore. So I mean, so as unfair as it. I mean, be. for what is worth, you got Brittany Griner. Yeah, Brittany Griner's there, but I don't feel like Brittany Griner like going crazy though. Yeah, she don't pop off the screen like you know a, a LeBron thing, James though, or anybody athletic would do. If if someone like that, if if there's a transgender woman that enters the WNBA again, I think that you know they're going to have to have some type of legislation governing the levels of testosterone. Like, for instance, track is governed by World Athletics. It used to be called the IAAF. They changed the name yeah. to World Athletics. Right now, they have um, they have guidelines where you can't exceed, a, you can't have a certain amount of testosterone like over a certain limit. And they have actually cut that in half since 2015. 2015, it was like 10 nanometers per liter. Now it's mm-hmm. five nanometers per liter. You actually have a South African Olympic champion, Cassie Semenya, who was fighting for 12 years. I don't know if you guys remember her. She's actually, she's not transgender, but she is, um, has like a deviation of sexual development. She's legally a woman, but mm-hmm. she has testes. Mm-hmm. And so she also has mm-hmm. testosterone. Mm. So wow. she's been fighting back and forth, trying to retain eligibility after she won her, she won the 2012 and 20, 2016 Olympics. Um, she's always kind of ineligible, eligible, ineligible. They ruled her completely ineligible for middle distance because they actually have different parameters for each event, which makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she had to move up to the 5K to try to make it to Tokyo, and she failed because that's not her event. You went from the 800 meters to the 5K? 500, yeah, um, right, right, right. They even had tried to take make her take a, a contraceptive pill a couple years back, and she had really, really down and off years because it was suppressing her testosterone. So if you get a situation in the WNBA where they say, hey, this it can't exceed this level and you have to be on hormone suppression for X amount of time before you can compete, that's in an effort to make it mimic as closely biologically to a woman as can be so that the playing field is a bit more level. That's the, the, the happy medium that they're trying to get to, but it only exists right now in world athletics. I don't know what other sports... They have placed those parameters. But if you do see something like that happen where you you might be a LeBron level talent and then you take his test, her testosterone away once she identifies as a transgender female and. Perhaps that takes away some strength, perhaps that takes away, you know, okay. some of, you get what I'm saying? So that's yeah. that's so, the idea. So you're, so you're proposing. So you're proposing that that there probably won't be a Joanna man by the time they figure this all out. I definitely don't think it'll be a Joanna man. It's not going to be like a Medea situation where somebody just puts on a dress yeah. and says, hey, I'm a girl. Right. Like, it's not that situation. Right. It's going to be a situation where this person identifies as a woman, feels that they are inherently a woman. Therefore, they're going to have to suppress their testosterone levels if they want to compete against women. Gotcha. Wow. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Well, Sheena. So we got into that conversation trying to let you plug your stuff. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yes, we did. My basically. bad. <laughs> basically. But I, I love My it. Bad. I personally love it. I personally love it. <laughs> My bad. But I am on Instagram and Twitter um, at Sheena underscore Marie, the number three, the screen name for both of those. I have the biweekly sports column on on um, Revolt TV. It it publishes every other Wednesday. Um, it's called Halftime Report. You guys can check that out. We, my Bash Tight Hurt and I do a joint podcast that's on the Riot Network. That's our Panthers podcast. It's called Quick Lips. I am a regular contributor to Fox Sports 1340. That's the radio. And I also have Quick Out the Blocks. That's my own personal website where I kind of just house my freelance work. So, yeah. All right. No that's doubt. me in a nutshell. No doubt. No that's doubt. Well, that's look, Sheena, we, we, we appreciate the time. You know, we, we thank you for coming on here and, you know, giving us some gems and some information. And we're definitely looking forward to that story. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, All thank right, you for being does. with us. are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. Uh, been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 